Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Now, what you've all been waiting for, grab a Bible. Grab a Bible. If you don't have one, there's one in the pew in front of you. Uh, I really want you to grab it, unless you want to turn to it in your phone. Um, But Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. We're in a series, okay? So let me break it down this way. We're in a five-week series, and we're walking through the entire book of Titus. The Bible's made up of 66 books. Do you know how many are in the New Testament? Anybody? 27. 27 books in the New Testament. This particular book, so 66 books that make one book, this particular one is actually a letter. Does anybody in here still write letters? Hand, handwritten letters, not text letters. Yeah, there you go. That's good. I love handwritten letters. Um, this was a handwritten letter from a guy named Paul. He was an evangelist, a preacher, an apostle. Uh, who was tra- He traveled around starting churches for the gospel all over um, the old world. So Paul started this church uh, in Crete. And so this is, he writes this letter to Titus. Titus is this young cat who's overseeing the church there in Crete. And he writes him this letter. So it's a letter. Um, And and so as you're turning there, I just want to, I'm sorry for the clearing of the throat. Let me get one good one out of the way. Mr. Ricky, I turned my mic off for you. I've tried many things over the years to lose weight, okay? My solid B cup, okay? I've tried, I'm sorry, was that, is that okay? I'm sorry, forgive me. (laughs) Don't do that joke again. (laughs) Tried many things over the years. My my family's so embarrassed, they they can't stand me now. My mom's here, I'm sorry, mom. Sorry. We, We tried Weight Watchers, so we counted points. This brother loves to eat, okay? And let me tell you. When you're on Weight Watchers, it's pretty easy. You can eat whatever you want. You just everything represents points. Um, and 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 Whole 30. Have you ever heard of Whole 30? Kind of works the same way. So I'm not knocking diets, but I'm just telling you my testimony. Um, and 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 everything you can eat just about whatever you want on Whole 30, except for certain things. So, so you can eat whatever you want outside of certain things. And we tried Weight Watchers, and we counted points. And, and so to be a part of Weight Watchers, they give you a certain number of points. And you can, um, you can eat whatever you want, like I said, inside these points. But what, you've, what you found was there were never enough points. 
I always... So, so you were not allowed to eat over this amount of points. Uh, you were not allowed to smile. You were not allowed to be happy. There was no, this, none of it was allowed. It was that bad. And so uh, it worked. It worked. I dropped some weight, and I'll tell you, I felt better. Okay, so as I dropped weight, I felt better. I felt more energy. Um, based on what I was eating, the things I could eat, healthier things, and I could eat a lot of them uh, and feel, you know, I would feel more full, right? And, and what I got out of that was more energy. When you're chasing a four-year-old around the house, it's important that you have energy. Um, and, and so this, what we're going to talk about today is just like healthy eating equals healthy living, um, healthy doctrine equals healthy disciples. What goes in comes out. So the problem at this church, okay, so imagine you've visited this church in Crete. The problem at this particular church is what they were ingesting was wrong. And so the byproduct of that was unhealthiness. People were leaving the church. People were leaving the church hurt by what was going on. Um, the first week of this series, we talked about that God shouldn't just be, uh, Paul kind of tells Titus, God shouldn't be just part of your life. He should be all of it. A, a lot of people say, God is the best part of my life. Church is the best part of my life. He shouldn't just be part of it. The Bible isn't designed that way. Christianity is not designed that way. He's meant to be all of your life, to contain all of it. And then the second week, um, Brother Woody, one of our elders, talked about the first thing Titus had to do was put some structure in place, put some leaders in place. What do those leaders look like? And the whole reason he wanted those leaders in place was that God cares. Hear me, God cares about you and your soul. I just had, uh, this is not in my notes, I just had dinner with a friend of mine. I, I invite him every single Sunday, and he's not here. Um, so if you've ever invited anybody, they never come to church, don't feel bad. He's my best friend, he's, he never comes to church. I'll say this, we had dinner, we ate like 36 wings. Okay, that was too many points, okay, we weren't counting. Um, and I told him, I said, bro, listen to me. The crowd you're hanging out with, yes, they make the same salary as you. Yes, they, they live in the same neighborhoods as you. Yes, um, they're chasing the same things that you're chasing. But let me tell you, when, when your marriage was falling apart, they were nowhere to be found. And they, they don't care about you beyond this life. Paul is telling Titus, look, I'm going to put some elders in place because your soul matters. So if you've come here this morning and you think at the grave it, it's all over, it's not. And if you spend all your time investing in what ends at the grave, you're going to be well disappointed afterwards. And so that's why elders were put in place because God cares. And then last week we talked about false teaching. We talked about the fact that... Um, there are many gospels going around. You'll hear, you'll go to different churches, they'll preach different things. Um, because a lot of times they'll take this and they'll just kind of accent their message with this. 
and, and, and really preach their opinion the whole time, um, it's dangerous. You can hear a lot of weird things in church. Like, if you get saved, your finances are going to be perfect. <laughs> Didn't work for me. Still waiting on it. Um, all types of false teaching out there. And that we should be on guard for it. And so this week, so th- we're in chapter 2 now. That was just chapter 1. There are three chapters. We're in chapter 2. And we went through structure and then, hey, watch out for this. And now we step into chapter 2. Now there are four things that I want you to watch out for um, as we read through this. We're going to read all of chapter 2. Um, in just a second. Four things I want you to watch out for. And if you want to follow along, uh, inside your bulletin, there's a little fill in the blank. You can can fill that out. Number one is the word likewise or similar, okay? This means, this connects ideas. So you'll see Paul write this letter to Titus, and he'll connect ideas by saying likewise. Um, You will see as we read four times he mentions self-control. Self-control, which as you're living the Christian life, you realize self-control is a a big piece of that. Um, The third thing I want you to watch out for is in verse 5, verse 8, and verse 10. The whole reason anything we talk about today is important is because of gospel witness. That, listen... What you do witnesses to what you believe. What you do will witness to what you believe. Um, And we'll see that in 5, 8, and 10. And then the last thing I want you to kind of, you'll see in chapter 2 is that the ownership for discipleship falls on the membership. Okay, so the people who are responsible for making and helping other people become more like Jesus are the members of the church. Members of the church, that is our responsibility, is to help people move and work towards being more like Christ. That's on us. It's on no one else. It's not just on the pastor. It's not just on the staff. It's not just on your Sunday school teacher. If you are a member of the body of Christ... It is your job to grab a hold of somebody and help them go towards Christ. That's, that's your calling. So let's read together. Um, for some of you, this is the first time you've read the Bible this week, this month, maybe even this year. And that's fine. I want you to read it with us. Chapter 2, starting in verse 1. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, or likewise, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Wives, don't tune me out, okay? 
We'll talk about it in a second. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose you will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Slaves must obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the, te- uh, make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil. I lost my place. And we are instructed to turn from godless, uh, godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life. If you highlight in your Bible, highlight this. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin. To cleanse us. To make us his very own people. The other versions say a peculiar people. Totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things, encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. May God bless the reading of his word. Um, Let me get out the gate by saying this. Our culture and scripture are constantly going to rub. Um, So when we read this, you felt, many of us felt a rub probably with culture. Things that you've heard in culture, things you've become accustomed to in culture. There is a rub between what God's word says and what scripture says. Um, In the notes, we will always feel a rub between what scripture declares and what culture says. Um, So... When we enter this text, I need you to understand that the Word of God is designed to offend you. If you came this morning thinking that every time I read the Bible is supposed to encourage... No, it's, it's, it's going to step on your toes from time to time, and it's going to rub. So I want you to make sure you understand that the Bible is not, is not uh, influenced by culture. How you feel about scripture may be, but the Bible should, and how we read it should not be influenced by the culture around us. It should be influenced by the Bible itself. We say often that the Bible interprets the Bible. So if you're ever wondering how to interpret it, read more Bible. And so <clears throat> that's the first thing I think we under- need to understand. And then he breaks it out in four pieces. So I'm going to speak to four groups this morning um, very quickly. And then I'm going to tell you how this all works and why it's important. Everybody say, why is it important? He starts out by saying, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. 
So he's saying, hey, listen, we just talked about all the false teaching going around. Make sure you're teaching the right thing. That's my job. That's the elder's job. Make sure you're hearing the word of God and not my opinion. Because honestly, my opinion doesn't matter. And what I think doesn't matter. What matters is this. And the reason that's important is because when it conflicts with me, it's my problem. It's not here. Woo. It's slippery. I got it, baby. Don't worry. This pregnancy's got me all shook up. <laughs> now, that was just to make sure you're awake. That was planned, by the way. <clears throat> the first group he talks to is the older men. Teach the older men. And what he gives us is three markers of maturity and then three spiritual markers. So for the older men in the church, this is what you should look like. Now, these men are, are probably your empty nesters. Your, your men who have been in this game a while. So, so this is what should describe them. Exercise self-control. Be worthy of respect. Live wisely. So there's the markers of maturity. But then you should also have sound faith. Be filled with love and patience. Older men, listen to me. As a younger man, and as, you know, so I'm in my 30s, um, we need the older men amongst our family here to live out what they believe. Um, in your notes, I put, what are you teaching with your life? So how are you living? Um, because we're watching People are watching how you respond to the gospel. Are you responding by wrestling against God's word? Or are you responding with love and patience? If you, if you knew my dad, my mom will tell you, uh, my dad had a temper from time to time. Anybody's dads have a little temper? Macy would tell you I have one. Um, and... And so I never really would attribute to my father love and patience necessarily uh, all the time. But this is what we should be aiming for, older men, is love and patience, worthy of respect and living wisely. Um, and then we see this likewise, uh, or similarly, and then we'll get, go to older women. Older women. So same group. You're the empty nesters. You've been in this game a little while. This is what, the, what Paul would say. If you're teaching sound things, look at me. If you believe what the Bible says, this is the fruit that should come out of it. This is a life. This is what your life should look like. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not be slanderers or heavy drinkers. Instead, teach what is good. Let me tell you what was going on. There's a tendency, um, especially when the kids are out of the house. So I can say this. I'm not an empty nester yet. But when Macy's gone, there is a tendency just to lay back. Just be like, whew, take a deep breath. Nothing wrong with that, okay? Um, but the, what was happening here in Crete is that these older women, their kids would get out of the house. And they would just get together with a few bottles of wine. They would start drinking and gossiping. And that was it. Now, let me tell you something. When you're retired and you get your kids out of the house, high five to relaxing, praise his name. Amen. Yeah. 
That's all right. But what God is calling, listen to me, older women. And, and yeah, don't, don't, don't fire me today. God is calling our older women to a place where the, you have purpose. Look at me. Older men, older women, listen. There is purpose for you here in this church and in this body to live out and to teach things that we don't know. How we walk this thing out. Um, and so instead of just getting together with your friends and having a good drink from time to time, reach out and grab a younger woman and show her what it means to live a godly life. We need that. Men need that. Women need that. Um, and that's what it's calling uh, the, the older women to, to that uh, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands. So now we jump into younger women. So uh, younger women, observe and learn. Look at this. Uh, they need to teach and train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Let me, let me tell you what this means. Because I'm getting snarls from women um, across the sanctuary. So I'm, I'm tempted just to like raise this and hide. Let me, let me say this first. When it comes to the younger women, so um, I'm married to one, and life in 2019 can be so stressful for the young mom. So let me, let me first tell you what Paul's heart here is, that you order your heart and then your home. Listen, teach them right here. Teach the younger women to love their husbands and their children. Paul wants younger women to first work on just loving their families. Now, if you're a single woman in here, this, this same thing applies, that you would learn to love those around you deeply. Um, uh, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes. Here's, let me throw a caveat here. This is not saying that women can't work outside the home. Okay, this just means when you're at home. So if you're the stay-at-home mom, praise God for you. The work you do is tireless and stressful. But also, my wife has a job outside the home. Many of the women in here have a job outside the home. This is not condemning what you do for a career. As a matter of fact, if you go to Proverbs 31, where people oftentimes paint this picture, uh, the Bible paints this picture of... Like the, the perfect woman, she was a businesswoman. She was out bartering and making business deals, bringing income into the home. So the Bible is not saying that you cannot work outside the home, but what it is saying is that when you are home, you are kind of the, the manager of the home. Can I tell you something? When my wife is happy, our whole house is happy. <laughs> Amen? Okay. Don't, don't judge me with your eyes. When my wife is happy, everybody in our house is happy. If my wife is upset, there is no one happy in our home. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. 
That's what this is. Women, manage your homes well. Um, This doesn't mean men can't do the dishes. I do the dishes. I put them in the dishwasher. This is not talking about what. (laughs) What? (laughs) Don't laugh at me. God bless technology. She says I don't do it right. But we won't. That's another sermon. To work in their homes to do good, to be submissive to their husbands, um, so that they don't bring shame on the word of God. Look at me. A husband and wife that are not on the same page. If you're a Christian, let me, let me say this. If you're a Christian, so let me talk to Christians just real quick. If your marriage does not look like you are submitting to one another, because look at me. Just a couple books back, the Bible says, women, uh, wives, submit to your husbands. Wives, love your wife like Christ loved the church, which means to, we have to, there's this mutual submission here where men have to die to themselves. And there's this mutual, submit, this mutual working together that makes the home beautiful. Now, If you're a Christian and your marriage is a wreck and they, people just, does that bring glory to God? Can I tell you something? Does that bring glory to God? No, it does not. No, it does not. Can, let me tell you, the first couple years of our marriage was awful. It's okay. You can snicker and laugh. It wasn't funny in that first couple years. I'll tell you that. And some of you have walked through years, months of hard times in your marriage. Look at me. What God is after here for younger women, and we're about to go into younger men, is that we would keep peace and order in our homes. That's what God's after. God is after peace and order in your home. Because you will indeed bring shame on God. If, if you're a Christian and you, the whole point of this book is that gospel Belief, if you believe what this says, should lead to, is tethered to gospel behavior. So all he's talking about here is, hey, if you believe Jesus is who he says he is, then this is what your life should look like. You can't tease them apart. Man, it's quiet in here. Very quiet. Okay, we'll move on. In the same way, so here's another likewise, encourage the young men to live wisely. Let me point something out. Older men, there's a big list. Older women, big list. Younger women, big list. He gets to the younger men, all he says is, hey, get your act together. Can you just do that? Can you just keep it together? And if you know young men in the room, that that applies. Um, even to me sometimes, even to me sometimes, God just has to check me. Have you ever had God shoulder check you? Just rack your spirit because I'm being an idiot? Any men ever feel that? Am I hanging out here by myself? It's fine. You're like, man, I've really dug myself a hole this time. You know why? We just, younger men, listen, and, and this is why older men don't get in as much trouble. 
It's because Paul realizes something. Hey, Titus, tell these young guys, just, just live wisely. Just be self-controlled. And you yourself must be an example. So he's telling Titus, you need to be an example. And then we go down here. We'll talk about slaves. So I don't have time to jump into the wrongness of slavery and that the Bible does not support slavery. What I can tell you is that in this specific instance in the New Testament, what the Bible refers to as slaves, also known as a bondservant, um, it wasn't racially discriminated. Okay, These were guys who were in debt. It was all racist. Um, sure, there was racial inequality in that day as well, and we war against that even in 2019. You don't believe it? Try, try, try being an African-American and get pulled over by the cops versus a white guy. I've never been nervous about being pulled over by the cops, not once. I have a best friend that pastors a church up the road. He lives in an affluent area of town, I think over in the Highlands. He, get, he gets pulled over at least once every six months because he doesn't look like he belongs in the neighborhood. You make sense of that. It doesn't make sense. So it's different. This is different. Uh, slavery is wrong. The Bible is explicitly against slavery. It's there. But, but catch this. Let's not miss what the Bible's talking about here. It says slaves must always be, obey their masters, do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. They will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. Hear me. Despite your circumstances, stay faithful. I, I can't tell you what circumstances you're in this morning. But whatever the circumstances, many of it, and, and especially uh, if you want to talk slavery or, or situations that were not brought on by that person. Okay, Have you ever been in a situation that just you... You don't know how you got there. It wasn't decisions you made. You're just in it. And you don't know how you got there. The Bible would say to you this morning that despite your circumstances, you need to stay faithful. Many of us think that... <laughs> um, many of us think that uh, because our life takes a sharp left turn... That, okay, well, God knows the, the junk I'm dealing with, so he'll, he'll have a little more grace that I, I don't have to live. Surely he wouldn't hold me to this standard considering what I'm going through. Look at me. Look at me in the eyes. Five miscarriages is not something we chose. And yet... God's word would still press on my heart to stay faithful. Despite, no one would have faulted us for throwing our hands up at God and saying, hey, what are you doing, big guy? No one, no one in this room would have shoulder-checked us or, or blamed us if we started to have anger towards him or start treating others poorly or, or start having attitudes out of, out of character. They would have said, oh, well, they're just walking through a hard time. Have you ever You know what I'm talking about. 
The Bible would say that despite your circumstances, how you act, look at me, it will point people either away from Jesus or to him. It has been a, a rocky road for us, but can I tell you, our consistent trust and faith in the Savior has pointed people towards him and not away. Hear me this morning, despite your circumstance, stay faithful. That's what he's saying here. Is slavery right? No, but in the midst of it, in the midst of the worst of times, that we would be able to stand back and say, I trust him, he's been faithful to me. That will, and, and, and where it says here, um, then they will make the teaching about our God, our Savior, attractive in every way. You make God attractive by the way you live your life. Or you will make God a joke by the way you live your life. It goes both ways. How is any of this possible? I'm going to close. I've been running my mouth. Here at the end, in verse 11, why is any of this important? Why, why does this matter? Why does this matter? If you're a Christian in the room today, let me speak to you. If you're not a Christian in here, it's okay. I, I love that you're here. I want you here. I think you need to hear what I'm about to say. For Christians, the way you live has got to be connected to the way you believe. You can, it is not true belief. Look at me. It is not true belief. If you go out of here and act like the devil, it just doesn't work that way. You either believe God is who he says he is, or you do not. And so, so, so as a Christian, how, how can I live this way? Do you think my house, do you think my wife always wants to be submissive and no, and submit isn't a bad word. Submit is not a bad word. There's like this bad taste in everyone's mouth about being submissive. Most of the time, my, my wife rules the house. Uh, but there are times where I have to make a call. And she understands that biblically, spiritually, I'm the head of our house. That's, that's, that's how we roll. That's, that's how we operate. I take the heat when things go bad. You think it's easy working marriage stuff out? No. <laughs> you think because I'm the pastor we have a great marriage? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a roller coaster, buddy. She's human. I'm human. PSA, your pastor's human. If you don't believe me, refer to the joke I opened with. <laughs> How... Pastor Carl, how is any of this possible? How can, <laughs> I'm an older man, I'm an older woman, how, how, how am I supposed to make any of this possible? Let me tell you. Can I tell you how it's possible? He tells us right here. For the grace of God, listen, has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pressures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion. 
to God while we look forward. We look forward with hope to the wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. Here's how it's possible. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, to make us his very own. Totally committed to doing good deeds. This way of life is possible not by white knuckling. So look, if, if you have come in today and all you've picked up is that I need to check some more boxes and I need to white knuckle this thing to be a better Christian, you're going about it the wrong way. This, being able to live your life for Christ has everything to do with allowing Christ to redeem your heart. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. It's not I, but Christ that lives within me. So this, this, so, so people, when they ask, Carl, uh, you know, how have you become a pastor at 31? Or, or uh, how, how do you, you and Kirsten work things out? Or, or how have you gotten where you've gotten? Here is the singular answer. It's not me. It's Christ living in me. There was a day and a time where Carl lived for Carl, and Carl did what Carl wanted to do. My mom can tell you about plenty of those times. But something happened, and he redeemed my heart. He brought me to life. He made me a new person. And I... So, so the way I, I still wrestle with my flesh and I'm still mortified, I'm putting to death things in my flesh on a daily basis. But the way to live like Christ is understanding it's not by your might, but by His. He does all the work. We just have to be obedient. We just have to be obedient. We're going to pray. Kirsten's going to sing. If... If you would like prayer this morning, feel free to come forward. If not, just sit and worship and, and talk to the Lord for just a moment. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.